0: welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashah Bo, and this parasha is when the last three plagues strike Egypt before the Jews come out of Egypt. And I'm going to discuss the ninth plague, which was the plague of darkness. It's a very cryptic Plague and it's it's uh, interesting to to learn what this plague really meant uh, in a Kabbalistic way. In uh, in Kabbalah, the ninth plague uh, is um, is connected to the sephira of Hochma. Hochma is wisdom; is the ability to be able to conceptualize things. It's part of our intellectual capacities. We have ten sephiras. Uh, seven of them are emotional, and they were, each one connected to one of the first seven plagues that we read last week. And the last three plagues, which are the, um, the, the plagues of a locus, darkness, and uh, the death of the firstborn, are connected to the intellectual uh, faculties, which are Hokma bin Adad, the plague of darkness being Hokma. So the ninth of the 10 plagues uh, to be visited upon Egypt was a plague of darkness. And uh, in, the, in the parasha, in the, in the book of Shemot, it says, no person could see his brother, nor could any person rise from his place. For three days, but for the children of Israel, there was light in their dwellings. So what this means is that this plague had the capacity to really uh, not allow people to see anything it was like if they were blind they were incapable of seeing anything they couldn't even move and for the jewish people there was light so they were able to see through the darkness so the physical plague of darkness had its root in a spiritual darkness which can be defined as the absence of God's revealed presence. So in, um, in Hasidut we know, and we spoke about it last week, about exile and what exile really represents, and exile is when we cannot see God, when the revelation of Hashem is, um, is concealed. So in, uh, in Kabbalah, the absence of God's revelation means is defined as darkness. And so in discussing the spiritual origin of this plague, the Midrash cites two opinions. There's an opinion of Rabbi Nehemiah that he taught that the darkness originated in the regions of Geinon, of Purgatory. And as we know, Geinon is a place where the soul goes after he dies to be cleansed before it can ascend. And then Rabbi Yehuda Thought that this originated in the celestial speer- spheres. Uh, and this comes from the Midrash, Midrash Rabbah. So the Hasidic masters explain the difference between these two forms of darkness. And so the classic dark, there's one type of darkness that is called the classic dark, is as associated with gainon. And it acts like a curtain. And so For example, you're in your house and the sun is coming in and you don't want it to burn your furniture, you draw down a curtain that uh, doesn't allow the light from the outside to come into your house. But the moment that you uh, pull the the curtain open, then this light is revealed again. So we see that this um, type of darkness obstructs the sunlight and leaves the room thoroughly in the dark. And this is the darkness of on. Uh, where God's presence is entirely concealed. And then you have this uh, second type of darkness, which is a celestial dark. And this uh, celestial dark is primordial, it predates all light. So this uh, celestial dark is the darkness that was experienced before the creation of light. Before Hashem said, and let us make light. And so, so it says that God's essence is beyond revelation. And when he chose to reveal himself, he radiated outwards so that his light would become visible, but beyond the light, there was still dark. And so the dark is the domain of his essence and the essence of doesn't require light. And comfortably it scans within itself, it doesn't lack luminescence, but transcends it. So let's, uh, let's try to understand this a little better. All these concepts come from the Lukotei Torah, uh, the m- m- mimers of the Rebes. And so it says, in other words, the classic dark conceals God's light, where, whereas the celestial dark reveals God's essence, which transcends all light. So one is concealment of light, and the other one is in a way, is, um, it's a revelation of godliness. So he continues explaining here, this is um, an article written by Rabbi Lazar Gunkov, which you can find in Kabbalah of Darkness, it's called the Kabbalah of Darkness, it's in habat.org. He continues to explain that these two forms of spiritual dark, when experienced on the human level, elicit two very different reactions. The classic dark is the concealment of light. Left in the spiritual dark, the human yearns for godliness. So when, when you're in a world like this, where the concealment of Hashem is, is it's obvious, it's a very dark world and we can feel it, then the soul is yearning for that light. We're yearning, we're thirsty for light, we're thirsty for Torah knowledge, we're thirsty to learn, we're thirsty to connect. So this, uh, this is what this uh, first type of darkness gives us, which is, a cra- a, it makes us crave light. The celestial dark, on the, on the other hand, in a human level, has a spiritual negative effect, because this uh, this light, hum, the, the human being, cannot come to grasp. We cannot ever come to understand this light. And he experiences such transcendence as contentment with dark. So what happens is that since we cannot grasp this light, we become content, we become... Um, we become uh, accustomed to the darkness. So the physical darkness affected the the Egyptian Egyptian population in two ways. The first was that no person could see his brother. And the second was that no person could rise from his place. So the first three days, the Midrash explains this this plague of darkness lasted six days. The first three days, um, the, the people could not see. They could not see anything, and they were unable to see each other, but they were still able to rise and move around. During the last three days, they couldn't even get up from their chairs. They couldn't even move. They were paralyzed by this darkness, and um, and they simply couldn't move around. So these two three-day period in the plague of darkness can be seen as a corresponding to the two types of darkness discussed above during the first three-day period the Egyptians experience a classic spiritual darkness in which one feels the pride of light and pines for it so he's deprived but he's still yearning for it he he still wants that's why he can move around he can still um, look for it but during the last three days they they got so accustomed to this darkness that they couldn't even get off their seats. So in Kabbalah, the brother, this metaphor for brother, where it says it says that they couldn't they couldn't reach their brother, couldn't see their brother, the brother is a metaphor for God's light. And they wanted to behold his light, but the dark prevented prevented them from doing so. During the second three-day period, the darkness was of the celestial form, and they grew content with this dark. They got accustomed to it, and this happens to people. They get used to darkness, and and once they're used to darkness, it's very hard to yearn for it and to want it. So they didn't want the brother anymore. They didn't pine for their brother, but rather they could not rise from their place, and their place is a metaphor for the contentment with the dark and they couldn't rise out of his contentment to appreciate the value of God's light. So this is what happens to human beings when they get so far away from Hashem, when every time they do less things that are uh, conducive to a connection with God, what it does, it's that it makes them, uh, makes them uh, like, uh, they can't even feel godliness anymore, they can't even reach, they can't even feel it, they can't even yearn for it. They become um, apathetic from it, indifferent from being uh, connected to Hashem. And so, so what were the children of Israel doing during this plague of darkness? And the Midrash says that men, that they, they were that they were um, they were doing two different things. At that time of that darkness, the Midrash cites two uh, purposes. There were many Jewish people who didn't wanna go out of Egypt. They, they didn't have faith, they didn't trust God, they didn't wanna leave, they were content. Uh, they were comfortable, they, they got used to it, and they didn't want to leave. So what happened was that 80% of the Jewish population did not leave Egypt. They didn't, only 20% of them were able to go out. And what happened to these other 80%? They died during the plague of darkness. So to not bring them to shame, Hashem created this plague so they could, the Jewish people could bury them in a haste and the Egyptian people wouldn't know that all these Jews had passed away. So the other reason for this plague is that the darkness provided an opportunity for, for the Jewish people to circulate in the homes of the Egyptians and look for their treasures, to look for their wealth. And there's uh, Abraham was uh, prophesied that when the Jewish people were gonna go out of Egypt, Hashem promised him that they would come out with wealth, they would come out very wealthy. And so what they were doing is that they were looking around, they were looking what, what they had, and um, and when the when the light came again, the Jewish people that were ready to leave, they said to the Egyptians, um, if they would give them these things, they knew exactly what they had, and the Egyptians could not deny owning them, and because they, the Jews would un- unerringly point uh, to the to the, um, to the to the to the to the things they owned they could not say, no, you cannot take them. And this is why they were able to, to take them. But from here we see how righteous is a Jew. They could have stolen them, but they didn't. They asked for them. They asked permission to take them with them. So we see that during the first three days of the plague, the Jews buried their dead, and during the second three days, they explored the Egyptians' homes. On a metaphoric level, these two pursuits constitute antidotal activities, to the two forms of darkness described above. So they were really an antidote to these forms of darkness. So the antidote to the darkness um, that conceals the light um, is to tear away the concealing uh, curtain and step into the pool of light. So the way in which we reveal light is by taking away the curtain. And how do we do it in our daily life? by doing mitzvot. Every time a Jew does a mitzvah, he's taking away the curtain. Every time a Jew is eating uh, food, and he's eating kosher food, and he's blessing the food, what he's doing is he's taking away that klipa, that concealment, that husk, that conceals the godliness, in the food, and when we do the braha, when we do the blessing, what we're doing is that we're taking out that husk, that peel, and we're able to release the godly sparks of that food, which are able to ascend uh, to the holy realms. So this is what the jewels clearly distinguish dark from light and the wicked from the righteous and they understood why their brothers died and quickly buried them to remove traces of wickedness from amongst them because these brothers these jewish people that didn't want to go out they didn't trust hashem they didn't believe in god they did they were so steeped in the egyptian culture they were so assimilated that they couldn't leave uh, egypt and then the antidote to the darkness that is content with being dark is to peer into the dark and identify its divine root, to recognize that the fact that man is content to be without light is a reflection of the fact that his creator transcends light. And this is on a very deep level, is that uh, if God comes from the darkness, because before the world existed, there was desolation and darkness, and he transcended that light, that darkness, the Jew also has the ability to transcend the darkness. We can also always jump out of it and transcend it. And so the Jew peered into dark hidden places and discovered gold and silver treasures. In the language of the Kabbalah, gold and silver represent love for God. And the Jews peered into the darkness and discovered their love for its hidden divine roots. So when a person is steeped in darkness, in a darkness where he's content with the darkness, the antidote to getting out of this darkness is to understand that the same darkness is part of his connection to Hashem that if he's feeling this way, is is something he has to live, is something he has to experience in order to be able to transcend and connect to the root, connect to the essence of that darkness. And in that way, a person can always rise above anything. Um, It's either by taking out the curtain and revealing the light or jumping over the darkness and transcending it and going to the light. So I wanna wish you a blessed week And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.